Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome everyone to Divorce Etc. podcast. We are the ex-experts and today we're thrilled to have Margaret Josephs here. She is a TV personality and entrepreneur and the co-host of this awesome podcast, Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget, which looks like it started in 2020. So maybe that was a little bit of a COVID experiment like, like <laughs> ours ended up being. So welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much, TH and Jessica. Thanks for having me on. So let's get started. I mean, first, everyone's going to want to know about Real Housewives, and then we're going to talk about you and the podcast, but were you a fan of the show before you joined the show? The funny thing is I really watched New York more than I watched New Jersey. I watched like the first two seasons of Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then I, Joe and I were watching New York. I watched Miami when it was on, I was watching other franchises, but of course, obviously I enjoyed everything Bravo. Right, right, right. And then when you joined the show, was it what you expected? No, I, it's nothing <laughs> what I expected. I really thought it was scripted. When I got on the show, um, listen, I had a bad hit. I probably wouldn't have gone on the show if my business didn't take a bad hit. I had a horrible lawsuit. And, but it was, it was great timing. It was, you know, my kids were out of the house. Uh, Joe and I had just moved to this house in Englewood. And uh, I was like, it's a great boost for the business. But when I got on, it happened so quickly. I was like, oh, this has to be scripted. People really don't fight like this. You know, I thought it was part acting, part reality. Well, I learned immediately that was not the case at all. It's, it's really, it's real emotions. People are so different that you really just familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> How were you approached to be on the show? Were you already friends with some of the girls then, or the friendships only really developed once you were on? Friendships really developed once I was uh, TH because she's from Mary Knows. Uh, Siggy um, was in our area. Uh, we had lived around the corner from each other when I lived in Tenafly. And she, um, we knew of each other. We were in the same kind of uh, a little bit social circle on the outskirts. And w- we were acquaintances. It was no, she was not, nobody I'd really want to associate myself with. I'm going to be completely honest. She's not my people. But we were friendly enough. So it was, it was a connection enough. So the purpose of going on the show, it kind of sounds like it's because you figured like it'd be great PR for the business. Um, Were you worried at all about like your personal life just completely becoming exposed and like dissected and discussed all over the place? You know, it was twofold because I felt like it was complete PR. And I was like, also, it's a different perspective of a different kind of Jersey woman. Um, you know, even though Dolores was divorced, I was divorced. I, I uh, remarried. I had had a business. I was self-made, um, self-supportive. So I was like, all right, it's a different spin on Jersey. Uh, so I thought it was a combo. Yes. And of course, I was a little concerned my life would be dissected, but I didn't realize how conservative a lot of people are. I didn't think it would be as brutal <laughs> when I first got on. Oh, my Which gosh. parts do you feel like were back people were brutal about like how you uh, got together the affair stuff. 
I wanted to get ahead of it. I was like, obviously everybody's going to ask how you met your husband. So I was like, immediately I'm going to say that I was not in a happy marriage. I did have an affair. I met my husband through an affair. I want to be completely candid and, and be forthright that, 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 that is what happens. And I was, and, but people, if you have an affair, they act like you um, murdered uh, somebody that you mur literally it's worse than drunk driving. It's worse than going to jail. It's you, mur you know, it is the worst thing that you could do to anybody. So that, that was very rough. I was actually very surprised. And I was so candid about like the hurt I had because two of my stepchildren at the time weren't speaking to me. And I was so forthright about that, but people brutal. So tell us a little bit about your family. <clears throat> Just, you, yes. you were talking about stepchildren. So you, your, your first marriage was a blended family. Yeah, my first marriage, I was 24 years old when I had moved to Tenafly. Um, which we all know is, you know, a great town right outside New York City. My ex-husband, who I love dearly, is 40, was 44 at the time. He had full custody of three children who were 8, 14, and 16. Um, I moved in with him. I was working full time. And, you know, it's a beautiful life in Temple. We had, we had a housekeeper. We'd go to the summer in the Hamptons. My kids went to sleepaway camp. We had a beautiful family. Then I had my son, who's now 25, and we had, we had a beautiful blended family. They rarely saw their, their biological mother, maybe once a year. So they're really my kids. But I was a young girl. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds really overwhelming for a mm -hmm. young girl to come into. I mean, it's overwhelming for anybody, but especially being that age. Yes. And coming into a town, um, and I think if people know what our town is like, it, it's a it's a fast-moving, judgmental yep. um, suburb of New York City. So I and I was friends with women who were twenty years older than me because my my first set of kids, you know, were older. Right. And right. there I am, twenty-four, and you know, I'm socialized with women who are forty-four, and that's what I'm going out with on the weekend. But I still have my friends from New York City who are in their twenties, and I'm trying to convince them to move to our area, which. I did convince <laughs> one of my best friends, who's no longer one of my good friends, to move to the area. But it, it was it was a very interesting thing. But I went along with it. I mean, I was going to bar mitzvahs, you know, in my twenties and doing this and doing that, and you know, then I did it round two with our son and everything else. So I right. Um, but then, you know, as happens in some marriages, we we grew apart. I grew up. I grew into a different woman, and what sure. I wanted out of life. Uh, I, I changed and things happened and I still consider it a successful marriage. It's just, we went in different directions. Right. Well, Jessica and I both married around this. Jessica was even younger. I, I got married at 25. We got married at the same, like basically the same time within, a, within a month of each other and, you know, traveled together and all this great stuff. And our husbands did cheat on us um, at different extents. So we understand you know, that for me, the cheating wasn't what ended my marriage. That was the day my freedom kicked in. But my marriage was over way before that right. happened. So that's something I think people really need to think about. We've spoken to many women who have been in that position, many men who have been in that position, and we are on the receiving end of it. And the truth is, the marriage obviously wasn't working. Right. If it got to that point, were, you, were so, you unhappy? Can I ask you, ladies, each sure. person, were you unhappy before you found out about it? Were I was miserable. I was suffocating. I, I I literally told her when she called me that day that she saved my life. The one, and then the woman everything the woman called you. Oh yeah, we both got phone calls. But yeah. for me, I I actually thought that I was 
still in a happy marriage. Like we still got along in a lot of ways and things were still good in a lot of ways. But over the years, I mean, we both got divorced 14 years ago. So over the years, I definitely can look back now and see that like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't as happy as I was once I got out. What I thought was interesting about the affair for, for my husband, and I don't know if this has been your experience at all, but like, you know, so many people were like bad mouthing her to mm -hmm. me. And I was like, I don't know. I blame him more than I blame her. Exactly. So the idea of like the other man or the other woman, I'm like, I don't know why anybody has that perspective at all. Like it's between us. So I don't know if that was, if that was part of what you said in terms of people being judgmental, but I kind of never understood. I'm like, that woman did not break up my marriage. Right. Exactly. I, he wasn't res she wasn't responsible for your family. He right. was. Exactly. Right. So I'm getting that. Uh, I got that a lot at the time. Um, when I went on the show, you're a homewrecker, you ruined two homes, you did this. No one said one thing about Joe, by the way. My <laughs> he's, he's like a little saint. No one, no one says that I look, you know, women like you, Lord, man, we were both in unhappy marriages. Right, right. Um, I, like I was saying, I had a beautiful family. As unhappy as I was, you know, my ex-husband, my ex-husband had blinders on. We still talk about it to this day. It's very funny. I was with him last night, actually, uh, with my son and we went to dinner and you know, we are very, very close. Um, we still see things very differently. Yeah. He still thinks we can. And that's fine. Together, but the fine. fact that you can come together and do that, that won't happen for me. We handle business and we actually have my daughter's graduation coming up and it's going to be like a fun filled packed weekend with my parents and his wife and their baby. And we're going to, you know, do what we do when we're together, but it would, it would be so much easier if it was authentic. Yes, I know. I know. I know. It I know hurts exactly. when it's not. It's, it's a little hard. Of course. And I, I know exactly what you're saying. And there's still pain. Like I still miss. And, and Joe knows this. Listen, I had the best family Sunday dinners. My kids, you know, my stepkids and my son, you know, I didn't look at it as my stepkids. We had the most amazing life and everybody was the life of the party. And, and that part was so beautiful. And, and, you know, and things change and I still have an amazing family, but in a different way. But right. We're, you know, my son's with us and Joe's kids with, but we're not always all together because my, right. you know, some of my stepkids, you know, one lives in California now, one, and everybody's disconnected and, and that part didn't get held together because I held it together. So that's what's so upsetting. And, and I do miss the, that. So yeah. I too have, I'm very, I've been divorced twice now. I have very amicable relationships with both of them. I'm really good friends with both of them. So I totally relate to like still hanging out with him and the kids and like doing things together. Cause I do that. I'm curious, like what, what about your divorce and the way you handled it? Would you say you're the most proud of? Um, <laughs> the most proud of is that I, um, didn't fight for, uh, most proud of and most upset about truth. I didn't fight for anything. I did everything to make life easy. I didn't mm -hmm. um, for my son. So I was the most proud about that. I didn't want to do anything that was going to put him in an uncomfortable position. So I, I didn't, I sacrificed everything. I was like, nothing's worth fighting about. All right. You want the whole house? You got the house. I'll move out. I'll do this, you know? And I just did everything to make, cause my ex-husband was just to make his life easier because it made it for a smooth transition and it made it easier for all the kids. So uh, that was the most proud of, um, in hindsight, <laughs> yeah. um, I never knew I was, you know, and I was doing so well in my business. I didn't know I was going to have such a setback, um, in certain things. I was like, wow, I didn't do right by myself. 
I did right by everybody else, but I do right by myself. So it's a, it's a funny feeling, you know? What I'm most proud of, I'm also like, ah, oh, did I do the right thing by myself? I totally get it. I, I, we have these conversations a lot about, because TH and I, even though we had similar situations leading to the divorces, like our divorces were totally different. And we were just, uh, you know, guesting on someone else's podcast recently. And I was saying like, I know I left money on the table, but the relationship that I wanted to have with him for the benefit of myself and for my kids was worth not fighting over certain things. So like, yes, I've gone through some things that would be really helpful to have a little bit more cash on hand right now. But at the same time, I'm like, my vision of what, what our relationship and what our new family dynamic was going to be turned out to be just what I wanted it to be, to be able to spend holidays together and to be able to hang out together and like not have any tension and stuff. So the end of the day, I'm like, I feel like that was worth whatever I didn't take. It, you you're, know, absolutely, you're absolutely For me. Right. Yes, yeah. I think you're absolutely. And I felt like that's what I was doing. That's why when two of my stepkids were just, that wasn't even enough, you know, they were, but they had issues from when their mom and dad broke up the first time. Of course. And I think they were felt so abandoned, like, oh my God, the woman I've known and has been with me for so long. You know, they were like in their early thirties and late twenties when I left. Right. You know, so they had a different I know, but still like I have, um, you know, there are kids who are older and, and when I was first telling um, one of these kids about ex-experts and our purpose and everything, he's 28 and we were at a party where everyone was drinking. So he definitely had liquid courage and he came up to me and he goes, don't forget the kids. When you do this and you're supporting women, don't forget the kids. We have stuff to say. We want to share. And so he's 20 something years old, but I feel like even for my kids, when it comes to the divorce, they're, they're eight years old again, or yeah, 10 years true. old again. They are not like the, the maturity around the situation. It was traumatic for them. I was so happy to be out of my marriage. I was ready to fly, except I had an eight, six and four year old. And we weren't, we were going to build in town to fly. It was like a, a shit show. So I had to like get back into town, rent a house, make sure they were okay. So I wanted to run, except that I had three little ones that were like, well, what's going on? What do you mean I'm packing a bag? What, what do you mean I'm not seeing you for three days? What do you, so it, it's, it's definitely conflicting. So I hear you with, you know, with, with your kids and your, with your son and your stepkids. I mean, even experts that we interview now, the first thing they say is, I'm a child of divorce. They're like in their 50s. I know. This is something I... that's forever going to, but you know, but, have an impression. And I always say to stay together and see an unhappy marriage, what is that teaching our children to sacrifice our happy? You know, are we going to tell our kids, sacrifice your happiness for the sake of um, someone else? you're not valued. You don't matter. Um, everybody, you know, just suck it up. Uh, you know, your feelings aren't valid. That's, that's what we're teaching to see, you know, this is teaching them how a bad relationship, you know, they're seeing a bad relationship. I was like, I don't want my kids, my son, especially because he was the youngest one at the time. Um, when I finally moved out, I was, uh, he was 15 and about to be 16 this is not how a man and women should operate. Right. You know, right. yelling, screaming. I didn't want him to see that. That was an unhealthy relationship. Agreed. And, and, 
And that yeah. was the way to, to live. No, I, I think my kids, my kids understand and, and it, the infidelity is like, you know, the tip of the iceberg. They understand why that dynamic wasn't going to work, but the dream is always going to be there. You know, maybe we can all be together and, but, but practically they understand now and they're mature enough. But as soon as you go there, it's like a pain point that goes right into their, I know. their gut. So, yeah. but they all handle not- it so differently. Like mine were so <laughs> little, they don't know life any differently. My kids were two and four. I don't think that they actually really have any dreams that we're going to get back together, but I can tell that when we are all together, it is like the most relaxed and like the most happy that I see them. So I'm so glad that I maintained that relationship, but I always joke around, like, I'm never going to really know how fucked up my kids are until they're like in their thirties and therapy themselves. But I totally, we both totally agree with you. The idea that people will stay in miserable marriages for the kids, quote unquote, we think that that's just, I mean, everyone has certain circumstances. So there may be like yeah. much deeper things, but o- overall, it's not a good thing to model to your kids because then you no. really are showing them an unhealthy dynamic and they deserve to see their parents happy. So I always say like seeing two parents divorce, living in separate households, happy is a hundred times better than being yeah. miserable and living in the same household. So I totally agree. But it makes me wonder then, like back to the show. Yeah, we're going to talk my heads. I want to go back to that. Do you feel like who you are on the show, like what people see is actually who you are? Do you feel like it's like your real authentic self? I think it's my authentic self. Sometimes I think you don't see as much as the soft side of me because you don't get to see me with my kids. So mm. that's the unfortunate part, but you know, they're all adults and they're like, we want no part of this show and they're very private. So you don't get to see that side of me, but I think I am brutally honest. I do see how it is. Um, I am, you know, people are like, you're cold. You're th-. No, I'm not cold. I'm, listen, I'm hardcore. They're I'm watching not- you on TV. I mean, yeah, it's amazing not, people I, know you. you yes, know? I mean, I've had the same friends since kindergarten. I have the same people in my life. I, but I am not a smoke blower. So I do feel you get the authentic Marge. I think you don't see every facet because certain things I do have to keep private to myself. Of course. And, and of course. I don't need the world to see because I have to protect it. The other thing um, we're dealing with it now on the show, which I did reveal an infidelity about yeah. another castmate's husband. The, it wasn't about the infidelity, which I, I tried to include. It was really about the hypocrisy because right. yeah. she's the loudest voice of judgment. Towards about. you. Towards me. Woo. Okay. Oh, yeah, but that's usually how it is. The people who, you know, have the loudest voice usually have significant issues of their own and they're just yes. kind of putting it on you. And yeah. she was, and she put it very bad on me. Uh, my mother, I mean, listen, I, I was very honest about my mother. I wrote it in my book. She was a single mother in the seventies. She had married boyfriends. She had, you know, she had her own issues. I wasn't bragging about it. I was being honest about it. Um, I was honest about my sexual harassment. This woman, Jennifer, I don't even care. She diminished it. Um, she said, I slept my way to the top. You know, really horrible things. Um, never apologized for that part. Really, you know, made it out like I said it wrong. It just, it just was very horrible. Never, you know, she could have called me off camera after the end of last season. Absolutely. She went very aggressive on social media after that. And I was like, I'm going to give her an opportunity. But the truth is her husband has stepped out on their marriage. It is common knowledge that she says it's not, 
that I dug it up. I didn't dig it up. I knew it before she had gotten on the show. Everybody talked about it because when you're going on the show, everybody talks about your dirty laundry. Right. Everybody, right. everyone was like, oh, Margaret's coming on the show. She fucked the contractor and had a lawsuit. You know, everybody, you know, that's the way it is. So if you're going on the show, oh everybody- Oh my God. <laughs> you have to be ready for it. Yeah, I knew when she was going on the show. Everyone's like, oh, she's married to a plastic surgeon. She built her house to get on the show and her husband was banging the office manager and lost his job. Fact. Um, I never knew about the pharmaceutical. I don't care. That's not the point. You know, right. I'm happy they worked it out and everything else. It's very apparent that she never dealt with it on the show, but she was so ready to blame the woman, project all her feelings onto me. My marriage has nothing to do with her. Right. And she buried her emotion and everything like that. It's and easier. That's, that's not it's on easier me. It's easier for her to do that. But it's, it's always yeah. easier than to, to look at yourself. I mean, my, my responsibility for my marriage failing is that I allowed someone to treat me the way he treated me. I allowed really bad behavior in front of my kids too. But for me, I mean, I'm a strong woman. How could I yes, let somebody sir. break me down like that? But I did. And that certainly will never, ever happen again. Exactly. And you've learned from it and you've moved on. Right. And that is the exact same, you know, and I said to her, that's the hypocrisy. Don't pretend you're happy. Right. Don't chastise me and, and defend this man and put him on a pedestal when he has the exact same behavior. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what it was. Well, how has it been going? Like, how is the reaction to that? And do you well, feel like those- People are like, she hates women like you because you're the home wrecker. No, her husband. Right. Is, she has to have the same energy for her husband. If you're saying he made a mistake, I could be forgiven. You know, same thing. Right. I made a mistake. Don't right. have that energy. He, he can't be this. And, and, you know, his career goes on and everything's buried. So, cause it's the good of your family and you're so fiercely protecting your family, everything else, but you're so ready to crucify me. Right. My life has nothing to do with you. And so do you feel like those kinds of things and the dynamics of that, that are happening on the show, like when you're not filming and you're not necessarily with those girls, do you feel like any of that is like seeping into your real life or are you able to compartmentalize and like turn it off? Well, I, a lot of those women I am friends with, we, you do become very, well, obviously I don't socialize with Jennifer. And right now, Teresa's not even talking to me, um, but that's <laughs> a whole other thing because I was brutally honest about something else. Right. Um, but I do see Melissa, Jackie, Dolores a lot outside the show. We, we socialize, we eat dinner together. Um, so I do feel like it does seep into your life because yeah. it becomes your life because it's a job, but you do form strong bonds, especially when you're on a show together for a number of years. I've right, been on right. it five years. Jackie's been on it four years. Um, Jennifer and I can never bond because she's always had that thing against me. She's always had the snide comments that this, I also think it's not only did she project that as the other woman, she probably saw that my husband left his wife for someone else. She probably always thinks in her head that's very sure. symbolic. Her husband could have walked out the door on her. Right. She was afraid of you because she knew what it meant in her own life and she didn't want to face it. But even the show as a job. So tell us how you are managing you're running a hugely successful business separately. Yeah, yeah. By your the comeback, best collection. The yeah, yeah, we want to talk about the business. We the love you being so authentic and original. Right. And like, we are all about that. We're also really all about moving forward. Mm -hmm. exactly. And we definitely have done that. And, and 
the thought of reinvention is not really it. It's kind of like rediscovery. Like you're discovering new, we discover new things about ourselves all the time, especially coming from divorce or whatever, any kind of, you know, shift in your life plan. Um, so we, we are big fans of that. So I also want to hear about the podcast, Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget is first of all, yes. rock star title. Thank you. Um, and were you and Lexi friends before you did the show or were you, did you start as working? No, Lexi, uh, it's funny, Lexi, I always say she's like my little sister. We're both only children. Uh, and she's worked for me for 13 years already um, in my business. Really, she runs my whole business. She, and we did the pod, we decided to do the podcast together because we really did start um, on a caviar budget, everything, you know, I started very, very small. I never knew the business was going to take off. She was really there from me. Just really quickly for people listening who don't know all of your background, you're talking about the Macbeth collection. Yeah, Macbeth collection. And a lot of people never heard of it because we sell to the masses. Uh, it was really a lifestyle brand. I used to only sell the high end. It sounds so crazy. We did these decoupage buckets. I don't know if you, TH, or just ever saw them. We had yes. all of the Hamptons, we're on Oprah's favorite things. We were literally everywhere. Um, you could monogram them, you could do this. And then I got into licensing, which was because we designed our own prints and patterns. We were very uh, preppy and we started licensing out our brand to different companies to make different products. We we're the first women in female tech accessories. So before the you know, printed iPhone cases took off, we were doing that in 2000 and uh, was it 11? So 2011 is, you know, uh, 12, 11 years ago, basically. Yeah. And that really wasn't popular then. We were the first female brand in Walmart, a big tech accessory line. You know, we were doing $10 million a year in Walmart. I mean, that was huge. I was getting a small percentage of that, but I was making a lot of money. So right. I, I just want to pause one second so everybody can hear what she's saying that she did. Margaret went to FIT. She's super creative. She found oh. something that she loved to do and she blew it up and it was and, and it was fantastic. So, you know, people at this point, especially with COVID are trying to figure out what to do and then yeah. a divorce. And what if I've never worked, find something you love. Right. And then it, it'll, it won't be work. It'll just be pleasure. Exactly. So I just it's wanted true. to stop and, was, and say and that. Pleasure. And it wasn't like, it wasn't about the money at first. I was working with my ex, you know, my ex-husband helped me out. He lent me money. We did the business together. And I, Lexi and I always say, really the fun times were when we had no money. We loved doing it. And it was just, we were up all night designing and then we'd be eating at the diner at three in the morning. Then we'd have to set up for a trade show and we just had such good times. And, you know, it was about the hustle and, and getting the orders and the sales and, and getting the press and looking like a bigger company. And then when we got to the next level, I was like, oh my God, we're licensing and we'd be traveling. And it was just we really manifested a great life for ourselves, you know, and an amazing thing happened, things happen. And then I, I had met Joe and, you know, my marriage fell apart, but I was like, you know, we're going to get through this. And that worked out, but listen, then I had a horrible hit to my business. I had a, one of my licensees did something. I was on the hook for it with Vineyard Vines, very bad. I mean, and it caused, um, how do I call it? What is that? Uh, a ripple effect. Ripple effect. Thank you. A ripple effect. Um, <laughs> And my bank account was frozen from business and I, I couldn't pay the employees. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And I was like, shit, I had to file a business bankruptcy to, you know, unfreeze the account. It was a business move. And Which it is was humbling. Very well, humbling. Humbling is not the word when you have to account uh, to a trustee, why you're paying this bill, why you're paying that bill. 
It's very humbling, but I did it. And then we, Joe and I had just got this house. And, and a few weeks later, I got on the show. And, that, oh, so and the, the timing really worked out perfectly. Yeah, it worked. It worked out perfectly, and, but you know, that's why there was so much dirty laundry. Right. Out but, there. but I and also I, am I, such I wasn't a shame. It would say that again. I wasn't ashamed really. Cause I was like, this is what happened. This is business. I built it up. I could do it again. Right. And also like we, we, I mean, I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason and everything ends up working out the way that it's supposed to. And sometimes like you can't see that at the time. And then later on, it, like all the pieces kind of fall into place and it could be years later, but now how has the show, would you say like the show totally revived the business? I wouldn't say it revived the, it's helped me have a different perspective on the business, see what's important, hyper-focus on different things. Um, you know, such a big word in COVID, pivot right. to things and what's important. Right. So some licensees fell off uh, where I should, it helps me focus my energies where I should. We have a great beauty line, brushes and um, beauty accessories in Walmart. People like, ah, oh, she sells Walmart. She's low, but well, that's where the money is. And Look at Martha mask. Stewart. Give me a break. Exactly. Make for the masses, eat with the classes. I will take, I love selling Walmart. That is the best place to be. Truthfully, that's what that's everybody, everybody says. Stops. Um, I'm very lucky to, to be selling a retailer and, and have a great brand in there. Uh, that's under my other label, Candy Couture. It's like the little sister Macbeth collection. Uh, listen, we sell Ross, we sell Burlington, everybody shops in the off price. Right. TJ Maxx. We're, you know, that's, those are the people we really sell and, and it's doing well. We've just signed some new deals. Cause unfortunately during COVID, right when the business was coming back during COVID, people couldn't get things in. Right. Were right. Close. Some of my licensees again had fallen off. So now, you know, we're building back up with some new partners and things like that. So what's so the, how do you, juggle all of this right um, but also what show business but entire. also what's the intention <laughs> of the podcast with all of this like juggling right. all of those That's things right. and adding the podcast we did add the podcast we used to do it and I was Lexi and I said let's do it because people always write to me about business how did you do it how were you not afraid how are you this and there's so many people like yourself you guys started this podcast divorce said it's just um People have a dream. So many people have made their dream come true. There's so many disruptors in different industries who have had nothing and have had success. And I think I wanted a podcast that was inspirational to people and that could really help anybody um, once they listen to it, start their own business or change their life trajectory and from every different walk of life. Uh, on the podcast and it's not about pop culture or anything like that because we I, we have enough of that we have tons of bravo podcasts which are great that I love to listen to and things like that I, you don't need me for that but uh, you know business things are, are, are interesting or are, are different all different careers and I th and that's what made Lexi and I start it we start off very strong then COVID hit and people, you know, were listening to the podcast and things like that. But now that I was back on the show, now we're only down to twice a month. It was hard for me to keep it up weekly, but we figure we're doing two solid episodes a month with great guests. And yeah, but we, we love doing it. Which is all that really matters. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what it is. I love talking to people in all different industries. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It seems like you're in a great place now. 
Yeah, like I, you I have I, just I, such good energy. Oh, thank you. And you're just confident and like Jessica and I, I know we've said this many times, but we talk about a lot of things all the time because we talk all day long. Adore. But, I love it. You know, it's just, it's just exciting. It's, a, it's, it's just like kind of infuses such a good positive energy within you to be around other people like that. I so agree. thank you, you for, you know, doing this with us today and sharing you know, this energy and your experience and stuff, it's it's inspiring and everybody, you know, it's beyond the show. I mean, I know you're representing yourself in the show, but everything that you've said and, and we've talked about during this podcast is revealing above and beyond. So just very impressive. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love seeing you guys here and (laughs) we have to be together outside of this and really sit down. Thank you. We'd love to. Thanks again, Margaret, for all your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook. And send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.